What's up, everybody? Welcome to SWAT MMA. This is episode number 173. I'm Jared here with Paul. What up? Coming to you from Las Vegas. Today, we're going to be having a free-form conversation about all the crazy shit that's been going on across the combat sports world. Before we get to that, grab your stash, fire that shit up. Let's talk about the weed of the week. Smoke weed every day. All right, so this week we have a, a real solid strain, I feel. Uh, we call it Motor Breath. It's a cross of Chemdog with San Fernando Valley, uh, San Fernando Valley OG SSP. Mm, so it's going to have tasty. a pretty solid like fuel type. I know you don't like that too much, but I've always digged the gassy flavors. I don't yeah. know why. I mean, I don't dislike it. Food. I like Chemdog a lot. Chemdog 91 is a great strain. Mm-hmm. That's a little citrusy on the end, too. I like that. That's pretty good. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I keep yeah, wanting I like to call it motor breath instead of motor, or I mean motor head instead of motor breath. I, I think that's a licensing thing. Yeah, probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, oh, motorhead, huh, motherfucker? You're going to have to pay us. That's <laughs> nice. we got a couple backup strains, too, left yep. over from prior shows. A little bit of a tangerine dream, a little oh, bit of a... Uh, red sangria. Red sangria. Uh, got some, hash. some blue dream. Um batter here in the well what is that tool you got right there it's kind of like a like a pen with a fucking atomizer i don't know you used to have a nice called. atomizer but it broke like all things what your packs what i didn't know that <coughs> i was actually gonna ask you about that before the show too <coughs> so i wonder what happened with i have another one now oh yeah i just um yeah because don't they come with like a warranty yeah i haven't sent it back but then um i mean well i got my mom's Oh, so, so yeah, she didn't use it a whole lot. So, yeah. uh, is it the one that has like you're like you could do weed in waxing? Yeah, it was the exact same one I had, except it was silver mm-hmm. instead of black. So you can do the you can do weed, you can do shatter, wax, yeah, all that. Because uh, one time I I ran into this guy, uh, just like at a random party, we're all smoking. He's like, oh yeah, load up my packs, and I was like, oh I have like some wax from throwing in there. He's like, oh no, this one only does weed. Yeah, I don't know why you'd even get that one. Yeah, it's like, I've oh, heard of that, but. I think those are the earlier ones, like the PAX 2. I think it's the 2. Yeah. Because yeah. it was like a little, it was a little different like size-wise too. Um, but yeah, I, that sucks. Well, Finoid is our little sponsor for this Weed of the Week segment. You can get some good deals on CBD products and Delta 9 THC products. If you go to our website, SWATMMA.com, and you click on that little cool stuff button, you can help out the show and save like 15% on your first order. So check that out. Let's go ahead and talk a bit about some sports while we fire, fire up one of these joints here, huh? All right. I think uh, probably the best way to maybe start this off, let's talk about last night. We had Canelo Alvarez defending his title against Jamal Charlo, which did not go well. I mean, everybody's Charlo praising is. Canelo's performance. I, did, I was just like, whatever. Yeah, I kind of just saw that coming. I mean, this was a fight nobody really asked for. I didn't really think he was going to give him any trouble to begin with, and there you go. Yeah. I mean, I like the Charlo brothers. Don't get me wrong. I think they're great. It's just... And he's... Well, that's that's kind of where I feel like it, it's all kind of lost in translation here, too, is like um, you... 
don't really lose that much shine on his end because you lost going up and trying to, you know, achieve greatness. But then on Canelo's side, too, like, we knew Charlo was good enough to maybe not beat him, but knew Canelo was never going to, like, he was tough enough to go go the distance with Canelo. And I feel like there's just nothing good <coughs> on Canelo's side for, for his performance in this fight. Like, yeah, he did what he literally was supposed to do. It was almost like a line him up, knock him down kind of situation more than it was like, oh, this is a, a storied part of Canelo's <coughs> career that he, you know, was able to beat Charlo. Everyone kind of knew going in that Charlo had very slim chance of getting out of there with a win. Yeah, absolutely. I think that sums it up perfectly. I mean, I don't have much to add to that. It was, um, I guess it showed us that he hasn't really lost a step. There was a little bit of a question about that given his past couple performances. Is this the one where Canelo actually loses a step and can be beat? No. So where do you think he goes from here? I don't know. I hope they don't do the fight with his brother. I think that's lame. Yeah. I think the Crawford it, I, situation could happen possibly if Terrence were to really take that big of a jump in weight. Yeah. Which would be interesting, but still, even if he did, it's only interesting if he beats him because if Crawford were to lose, you're like, yeah, he just jumped up like 14 pounds. Yeah. I think it's even more than that. It might even, it's probably is. Because I think it's 168 from 147. Yeah, that's 21. Yeah. And like I said, then I, I kind of feel that same, that same vibe out of this. It's like Charlo moved up. All the way from fucking, was it 54? He gives up his belts, yeah. Did he give his belts he up? He stripped him, like, as soon as the fight started, he was stripped. What? That's whack. They kept it engaged until the bell sounded so mm. that they could do the undisputed versus undisputed marketing plan. Yeah. But then immediately he lost his shit. That's whack. Yeah. He's not 54 because he's a super lightweight, isn't he? I can't remember, honestly. Yeah, neither. I mean, I watch the Charlo Brothers, but I'm not like this big enough fan where I, I sometimes well, I even get a little mixed boxing up. Sometimes you know what I mean? Me too. And like old boy hasn't fought. His brother light. hasn't fought in so fucking long. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is this originally was supposed to be his brother, and they kind of marketed it at the end, like you were saying, like where it's like, oh, well, this fight was tough for his brother, but now his older, or not older brother, but his bigger brother's going to come in and defend it. You know what I mean? And I don't know if I really give a fuck to see that. I don't know if there's anybody else I want to see Canelo fight other than I mean, who's the old boy beating Bivol? Bivol, yeah. Better beat it or Bivol? <coughs> the only two I would really be up to watch. Your better beef would kill that motherfucker. I mean, I'm sorry. There, there comes a point when you can't take not. punches from somebody that big. He would not kill him, though. I think Canelo's I think he, head I think movement. He'd him. You think so? Damn. And not because he's so much of a better boxer, just because at some point he's going to connect. And you're talking about just somebody that's just a lot bigger. I mean, what is that, 175? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a man who fought Floyd Mayweather, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, I don't think he would knock him out. I think Canelo's head movement would be, like, I think he'd, he'd land and maybe get some good shots in, but I, I just don't see a world where... Canelo gets knocked out by really anybody. All right, well, let's move on from Canelo because it's kind of up in the air. We did get some big fucking news in the heavyweight division, though, as yeah. Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk has finally been signed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be happening late December or early January, supposedly, uh, in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Same place hosting the Nganu fight. 
And there's some been some people saying like, oh, Ngannou's being overlooked here. He's not though. They're not fighting for Fury's belt, even if he were to lose. Yeah, it doesn't affect the fact that they can do this undisputed fight next. I mean, but yes, in reality, it would affect it because I'm sure there would be some sort of rematch or some shit talking or whatever. But they could yeah. still technically move on. The only pathway I see, like with what you're saying, is a situation where, yeah. Francis wins, and then Fury still goes on and fights Usyk for the unification bout, and then maybe it's like the WBC or some other uh, organization that he has one of the belts makes him like a mandatory, because mm-hmm. they want their piece of the bread too. Because I feel like that's that's what kind of sucks a lot of times with these like boxing super fights is sometimes they're not really the stakes aren't always there. <coughs> you know, you know, like, that's kind of how I felt last night. <coughs> like, same thing I was talking about with the Canelo fight. Like, Canelo won, but the stakes weren't really there. Like, if Francis wins, like, it's sick, but the stakes aren't really there. It, it's more of a, a, a blast off into stardom than, like, a blast off into, like, a historic boxing career. Right. Did you see any tape from, let's shift to the Ngano Fury for a moment, from the Ngano Fury, uh, the press conference that Fury did, or Ngano did out here? Uh, he he did some pad work and a bit of an open workout. And oh, did he? Well, see, I mean, he didn't look good, bro. He didn't? No. Hmm. Interesting. Like, he looked so bad that Fury's dad decided to make an issue of it and went out talking about how that shit was embarrassing and Fury's going to knock him out in the first round if that's what he's coming with. And then he was like, I hope that shit was a joke. Like, I hope you guys are, like, playing possum with that nonsense. Yeah. And he's really not that far off. It didn't look good, bro. Now, pad work doesn't mean shit, because Ronda Rousey used to light them pads up. Yeah. But. And, I don't know. When you have an ultimate equalizer, like, things sometimes are sloppy. Like, if you look at Deontay Wilder, Deontay Wilder's kind of another one who's like that. Where, like, he's not the most technical boxer, but when you have just, like, that one punch that can change the the course of history, sometimes having sloppy pad work doesn't really matter, you know? At least a heavyweight. Well, let's assume that the I mean the most likely outcome is that Fury's going to yeah. school him here in the ring, and then I would imagine they're not going to do a December fight because we're talking October twenty seventh. It depends on how quickly he dispatches Francis. When okay. is the Francis fight? It's October twenty eighth. Well, I thought it was 20, in December. No, it's it's coming up in a matter of a couple weeks here. Oh, I didn't know that. Four weeks. I'm tripping. Right I thought it was in December. Less than four. Yeah, I think a December fight would be a little early unless he just goes out and like. He puts him out in like two rounds or something. No, he's looking at this obviously as a tune-up. Yeah. Um. How about him versus Usyk after the Dubois fight? I was though? just gonna say that. I was just gonna say, how do you feel about Usyk since the Dubois fight? I think he was exposed in that fight. I think he should have lost that. Mm-hmm. I think that was a clearly a legal punch. Yeah. And I speak as somebody like I mean I was a boxer, albeit amateur, but. Irregardless, I, I love boxing. I've been in the ring. I've been in the Golden Gloves. I know I know the tricks you do with your fucking. That was the belt. That was not an below the belt line punch. Yeah. It was on the belt line. Yeah. He got knocked down and out from that shit. Now, would he have beaten an eight count and stood up? Most likely. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he could he would have gotten swarmed as well. There wouldn't have been a ref there. He would have been swarmed while he was all fucked up. That's the thing so, too. Is you have to take into account the idea that they gave him five minutes to recover because they said it was a groin strike. Exactly. 
and the ref stepped in immediately. There was no follow-ups there. Yeah. There would have been follow-ups. So yeah. it it's to me it's tough. At the at at the best he was exposed with that as not being um tough. Nearly as tough as you might initially think. This may be not even a toughness thing. Not I think, toughness, si- I think size comes into it as well. Yeah, I think that I've always thought that Tyson Fury was going to win this fight, and I think that he could possibly win it with a knockout because Tyson can do some nasty body work even on a smaller man. Yeah. So, is Tyson Fury still training with the Kronk guys, or did he go back to that one dude? I, I am hearing, not certain. Frankly, I was hearing like back and forth. Like they've been moving around. I really don't know. Yeah. Because that version of him is, is I think, is the one nobody could beat. I don't know the Kronk version or the the before with that uh with the one the one the that Kronk one white version, dude. I would say. Yeah. Although both are effective because Tyson Fury ultimately has great boxing skills. He the use of his size and like his length and everything like that is just so fit for that style that I feel like if he goes back to that old style, those are really the only opportunities he would maybe have to lose because. When he goes that, like, more defensive, pop the jab, wear you out, kind of, like, you know, because that's kind of how he fought the first half of his career. You know, made you look stupid, fucking pump the jab in your face till you mm-hmm. couldn't take it anymore. But now he's more, like, sitting down on his punches and trying to take you out. And I feel like that would really be the difference in the fight with him and Usyk, is if he puts, uh, you know, sits down on his punches and, and really lays some on, on Usyk, I don't know how many of those he can really take at that size, you know? Because at, at what? Usyk probably comes in weighing max, like, 225. Like, max. Max. Like, max, max. Like, and that's if he, like, you know, is legitimately just like, I'm putting weight on for this. But, like, even then, he's still outweighed by 60-plus pounds. According to the internet, uh, Sugar Hill Stewart is still Tyson Fury's okay. trainer, so he's still with Good. those guys. Because I did hear, like, you know, there was a little bit of talk online for a second that said that he was bringing uh, uh, Ben Davison back in. That's his name, right? Ben Davison? Yeah, Ben Davison. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I, I agree with you, though. That I think that Dubois fight really um, exposed some holes that maybe, uh, you know, a fighter like Tyson Fury would just be able to exploit. The only way any of this changes is if the Engano fight happens and the, the shocking upset were to occur, or Fury comes out and just looks like shit. Like, he looks out of shape, yeah. you know, and he looks sloppy. Because, like, yeah. Fury... Because Yusuke's very technical. With this fight being signed now, afterwards, Fury should be taking this Engano fight quite seriously, not mm-hmm. so much as the threat that Engano brings, but as a tune-up and preparation for the Usyk fight. So he's going to want to come out and be as sharp as possible. And not only that, avoid major cuts. Absolutely. Like, the lo- the le- least amount of time he's in there, the better. Right. Because that's kind of what we saw, remember back, what was it, the wall-in fight, where he had that real bad cut on his eye and literally almost had it stopped. No, we're not going to hear like some of the nonsense after the Floyd fight that we heard in this fight. And yeah. I'm talking specifically about the nonsense where they said Floyd carried Connor for 10 yeah. rounds to keep it entertaining. Yeah. That's not happening in this fight, no matter what. Fury's yeah. not going to try to extend this out to provide fun and entertainment. Yeah, no. I don't think it'll be over in the first round. I think it probably goes three. 
And I think that Ngannou gets put away in the third. Damn. I don't really know. I kind of need to watch this video you're talking about because I want to see that. With Usyk? That fight happens, I think it's most likely a late TKO, 10th mm -hmm. round, or a decision. You think 10th round? Yeah, I would be like 10th, 11th, 12th round, like late TKO. Damn. And not even a total knockout, but a TKO. Damn. That's my prediction of that early. Unless, again, we see crazy shit in the Angano fight. Yeah. <coughs> Damn, that weed is hitting. Damn. I want to see this real quick, dude. Because if it's as bad as you guys are saying. Me pulling up that video on the Nganu training. Yeah. If I can show the video on screen in editing, I'll put it up for everybody as well while you're while you're looking at it. But oh, here we go. You saw more of the footage. Yeah, you have to turn that down. <laughs> <laughs> uh Fucking, uh, is this the, the one with Mike Tyson? You're talking uh, about? I believe so, yeah. It was here in Vegas. Yeah. Obviously. Kind of interesting that Mike Tyson's took uh, Francis under his wing like this. Yeah, Fury was a little butthurt about that. He was like, you know, that's the guy I'm named after. Didn't yeah. see him in my opponent's corner. Yeah. Makes me sad. Gotta feel some type of way. Right. But also, I feel like Mike and... And uh, France kind of had like a like relationship like that. They've had a bonding. A I mean, Tyson podcast. actually promised he'd do this to, or not promised, but verbalized that he would do this for Francis like over four years ago when they first met. It just looks real rudimentary. This is what it looks like, dog. It's just like it just doesn't look any any serious. I would say this pad work here. No, it's. I mean, it just looks playful, like way too playful. Just like, I mean, that, he's just that going triple jab the motion, is you know? like really yeah. ugly, dude. Mm -hmm. He's not even, it's more like he's doing, it looks like he's doing this instead yeah. of having his elbow up high yep. and straight. You know what I mean? He should be snapping. Mm -hmm. But again, it's, I don't know what we're putting on. It looks with. like so slow though. Like it, like it doesn't look like he's even trying to put any kind of pace on it whatsoever. Like the way he's punching, he's like going through the motion more. Yeah. It's almost like he's form concentrating. Yeah. Like look how slow that is, dude. Yeah. We've seen Francis have some wicked speed at times, so I don't know how much how much uh, I'm putting into this. Who's this coach? Is that Mike? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you could fight in Mike's style with a body style like that. I don't know. Maybe against someone like Fury, because Fury's so much bigger, and Mike was used to fighting guys that were bigger. Yeah, maybe Fury's six fucking nine. I mean, he's one yeah. of the few guys that's gonna make Ngannou look small in there. But he really doesn't when you, you see them like go like face to face, like like not like towers over him or anything. Like although he's like six nine, like Francis has to be like six four, six. Yeah, five. but it'll look different once it's in the boxing ring and that jab of Fury starts oh, yeah, coming sure. out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And is extending mm -hmm. and that whole shit. I just meant like the frame because like going into it, I thought Francis was a lot smaller than Tyson, but Francis is a big motherfucker. Francis is very large. So I don't know. Tyson's I, smaller than you think he is. Like, when I met him, I was shocked. Oh, Mike Tyson? Yeah. 
He's only like five ten, right? Yeah, he's like yeah, and not a not a tall five ten. Like yeah. he was barely taller than me. I was yeah. like, God damn, I can't believe you're fighting this monster. Well, yeah, think about really what was his his biggest like undoing of his career is when he fought fucking the longest fucking motherfucker in the world. What was it? Lennox Lewis. Lennox, yeah. Lennox is fucking six seven fucking popping the jab out on Mike who's like five ten. It's like, well, what do you expect's gonna happen? <laughs> so I he, I think he would have some insights where like normally I mean Francis is what, six three? Yeah, I think but with like Tyson six, three, six, Fury Fury clocking in not to be uh confusing. Fury being six nine. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see, man. It should be interesting. We'll talk more about that as it rolls up. But yeah, what do you think about Conor McGregor shifting into MMA? Recently, uh, re- pre- doing a big interview recently where he's still stating he's fighting Michael Chandler next. Are we taking yeah. any of this seriously at this point? I don't know. After I believed it a couple weeks, like it was about a month ago. Remember when we talked about how the fight pass had, you know that date set for that date and shit but then after they just laid out the whole rest of the uh like winter block of fights and that fight wasn't on there i don't necessarily know how much like stock i really put into that happening anymore because that was the big thing right remember it was going to be the december 29th card Mm they were going to close this the uh the year off and they end up putting together still a great card for the 29th but that was supposed to be the headliner now they switched it to Leon and Colby, which is still fucking. We've been waiting to see that, anyways. Yeah, but. I mean, he said he went on um, um, mirror fighting, and on mm-hmm. the comeback, he says it's still en route, and he's still hoping for December. Which so there's no way they're gonna water down a pay per view now, which has like say Colby yeah. and Leon as a headliner by throwing Connor on it. It wastes McGregor. Well, not only that, you got to think there isn't that the same one that also has Patty and Tony Ferguson. Yeah. It also has uh, Wonder Boy and Shavkat. Yeah, so they're not putting like, McGregor on that card. That's what I'm saying. Because you know that if they did, the fucking the money's getting ran up on the on the purse side of things. Because Connor's not taking anything less than like ten mil. He says he's still fighting Chandler, and then he tried to talk some shit, saying Chandler needs to sit down and shut up and wait. And I don't know. I'm kind of, dude, any longtime listener of the show knows we love Conor McGregor on here. I'm getting sick of this bullshit, dude. So Like, the shtick's getting old. Yeah. Like, if you're not going to fight, just be like, I'm not going to fight. Here's what, one question I have for you, though. So, there's been some stuff come out since Chris Weidman had his last fight that says that he rebroke his leg, the same one that he broke in the fight against Uriah Hall. Obviously not to the level in which he did the first time. But do you think Connor maybe saw that and was like, all right, maybe I do need to take a little bit more time because I'm not going to go in there and go out like that. Like, I went out like that already, and, like, what happened happened. But, like, one thing I'm not going to do is step in that octagon until I know and I trust that, like, this shit is fully healed. Because that's one thing that everyone is leaving out of this whole idea. Everyone mm-hmm. keeps talking, it's the steroids, it's the drug pool, it's the this, it's the that, mm-hmm. it's the, all that. What if he is in the middle of training and he's like, man, I fucking want to fight, but like, I throw kicks and I fucking feel it for two days. That's you know true. Nobody I mean? says that. Connor could Nobody still be brings hurting. that up. That could be why he's not getting off of what he's supposed to be on. Because what do you think? He's just telling you, Sada, no, I'm going to keep taking steroids. Fuck you. Yeah. That doesn't make any telling the UFC, no, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. Because that's what they're implying. Yeah. He just loves that juice so much. 
and that could not even be what's happening. It could just, I'm telling you, man, I think it's the one thing no one's talking about is like he had a compound fracture of his leg fucking what 18 months ago now almost two years now like that's not something at any age especially at the backside of your prime that you just like get over real quick and come back and everything's great it is like look at any major sport athlete that have compound fractures like that and tell me how many of them have come back and been great after there's not fucking a lot like you can go down the list it's ended so many careers whether it's fighting whether it's you know football basketball baseball all the all the different fucking sports a compound fracture of any major bone is not just going to be like Mm -mm. oh we're back at it and we're still the best in the world like i think he because i think this is his last fight too like a lot of people aren't talking about that too it's like i think michael chandler's his last fight I think mm. he's going to go off. If he beats Chandler, I don't, I don't really see, like, what? Like, you're going to go make another run for the belt? Like, oh, there's God. no fucking way, dude. Like, well, so, I think he wants to go out Diaz. on top. Well, I think in the UFC, at least. He can go box Diaz at this point. <laughs> that makes more sense to me than anything. I don't know. Nate kind of fucked his whole stock up to me with that fight against Jake Paul. So, I don't really... You know, we've never really talked about that. Yeah, like, I don't really, really well, let's, want Let's to. finish... Let's talk about that for a second. Shit. I love Nate. Nate's like one of my favorite fighters, and I feel so like betrayed by that fight. Yeah, that fight fucked it all up for me. Like, absolutely. I don't see Nate the same. I feel like, I feel like, you know, talk about selling wolf tickets. Yeah. How about them wolf tickets that you've been boxing with all these top dogs and you can box this whole time? I fucking couldn't throw a jab. And I don't want to hear this. I was injured <laughs> bullshit. Stop. You say it every fucking fight. You can only say that shit so many times. Yeah, and also like, what the fuck was his like even delivery like I don't that know. little sideways walk thing he was doing like like it was like kind of like a Philly shell but it was like almost like he like has slipped a disc also <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I don't know what the fuck he was doing I've never been so let down dude yeah it was even like because I was confused was, was like okay why is he doing that when he doesn't even strike like that in MMA when have you ever seen Nate Diaz do that shit in MMA where he, like, Never. leans over and, like, can't stand up straight? Like, if anything, he's always been someone who has, like, a super high stance and, like, pops his jab, like, that way. Right. But the way that he was doing it in that fight, I was just like, who the fuck is this guy? He like, couldn't throw know? a one, two, three to save his ass. No. And when he did, they were just so close and so inconsequential with, like, the power at which he threw him, Like, it made no sense. I don't want to hear that, um, oh, I was injured shit either. I'm like, maybe he was, dude, but at some point you then have don't to fucking fight. not fight. Yeah. You can't come out and do that because you just fucked. Every- I'm never going to believe you're a good boxer ever again, bro. Oh. Nope. Like, all these years, dude. Andre Ward. Yeah. I had so many rounds with Andre Ward. Well, now we get to use your own turn, your own brother's term against you. You've been selling wolf tickets this whole time with that bullshit. Yeah. It's, it's humiliating, man. Yeah. That shit. Who wants to see him fight Connor now? Speaking of that, who I don't let's just go down this whole road now. Shit. Just let's get all these out of the way. Because actually we do have next weekend uh one of those little misfit boxing things going on and uh KSI is fighting Tommy Fury and then 
Logan Paul's boxing Dylan Dennis. Yeah, Dylan Dennis, supposedly. Connor was talking about that. It transcends nice because in the same interview, they asked him about that because Dylan Dennis was supposed to train with Connor McGregor. For this, yeah. But the excuse for it not happening because it didn't happen yeah. is that Dennis had a baby. Don't know how that keeps you from training with Connor specifically and still taking a fight and training with somebody else. What the fuck ever. So there's two questions here. Does Dylan Dennis, A, make it to the fight or will it be Platinum Mike Perry? And, and B, does he stand a prayer of winning? I think if it's Mike Perry, it's gonna be a long night for Logan Paul. I mean, that's I, I. If I'm Logan Paul, I'm begging and hoping fucking Dylan Dennis t- comes to the fight because he don't want to box Mike Perry. Mike Perry will fuck him up. Hundred percent. Like one hundred. Don't want that smoke. Hundred percent. I can't even believe he's the backup. Why would you even do that? Because these guys are pussies. Perry's a warrior. Yeah. He's proven that shit. I I don't know, dude. I. Dylan Dennis couldn't throw a punch in mixed martial arts to save his ass last time we saw him in Bellator. I would hold that my old, untrained, since fucking 20 years ago ass could give him a run for his money with those kind of punches. You'd probably fucking murder him. I don't know, dog. I'm just saying, unless he's been doing some training that we're unaware of all this time, maybe he'll come out and surprise us, but he's done nothing but kind of show us that he doesn't give a fuck about everything. Yeah, I will give him props on his trolling. He's murdered Logan in the fucking online department to the point where oh, they're actually yeah. suing him like some fucking bitches. Like yeah. Logan Paul and his like you are a fucking yeah pussy, bro. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And your girl's a hoe. <laughs> like Jesus, man. <laughs> Weinstein turned that shit out apparently. <laughs> like goddamn, dude. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, man, have some standards. <laughs> yeah, uh so what happens if Dennis wins though? I'll give him props. I will show him mad respect. You beat a fucking one of these idiot Paul brothers, which nobody can seem to fucking do. Yeah. And he'll talk um, an interesting load of shit. Like Dennis is great at shit talking. People don't like him, dude. He plays that troll shit quite well. It's just most of the time he's annoying you and you're yeah. like, fuck him. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about the main event? Uh, Tommy Fury should beat this dude pretty handily, I would imagine. Yeah. I think it's only four rounds. That's a little silly, but I don't I don't know. It's got to be at least six for Fury. Yeah, it might only be six, actually. I don't know. It's either four or six. But, yeah. But KSI's, uh, I mean, he seems and to KSI's be... KSI's making him, like, hella cut down in weight. Really? Yeah. It's not at the, uh... I think it's at, like, 184 or something like that, he said. I don't know. They were sh- shit-talking each other at that press conference that lasted, like, 10 minutes before they all fell apart. But, um, yeah, they were... KSI was talking about, you better make weight. And he's like, yeah, of course, because you try- you're trying to dehydrate me and... Because you think you're good enough to beat me if I'm dehydrated, but I'll fucking, I'll cut even more weight and I'll still beat you. No, we got a 180-pound fight with no rehydration clause. Yeah. Sure, he doesn't fight 185. No, it's going to be 185 if KSI is Yeah, fucking Tommy Okay, it's 183 pounds. Yeah, Tommy fights is normally at 200. He fights at fucking cruiserweight. Hmm. I don't know about these things. Tommy better beat this fool. He can't beat the other one and then lose to fucking KSI. Oh, dude, For fuck's right? sake, dude. What if KSI hits him with a nasty elbow like his last guy? 
He did. That was a nasty elbow. <laughs> that shit was cool. I don't know, dude. What do you think of these things? Do you think they're going to keep going? Like, if KSI loses, does Misfits keep going? You know what I was hearing, though? They were talking that actually Logan Paul was talking about. Uh, he was on Ariel, and he was talking about with this WWE and UFC merger that technically he could fight in the UFC now if he wanted to. He's like, there's a pathway for me to get a UFC fight like I've been planning on. I was like, whoa. I never thought about it that way, I guess. Because he's one of the people that they would do some shit like that. Because there's not very many guys that there's ever really... Like, when you really... Let's talk about that for a minute, actually. So, now, officially, the the merger has happened. The WWE is now merged with the UFC. Uh, Vince McMahon's the chairman of both companies now. He fucking has the final say in the UFC's plans and the WWE's plans. Mm. Dana White moves up to... Isn't it like C C O O or some bullshit? What was what's his new title? He's Dana White's president now. Whatever. Or no, no, I'm sorry, he was president and now he's CEO. CEO. Chief executive officer. Um so like everyone kind of moves up the ladder. There's all this different power struggle now. But the question becomes will this be a mutually beneficial like thing when it comes to the rosters? Like I think in my head I would probably see a lot more people maybe that are on the back end that are big UFC stars make appearances in WWE. Yeah. But I don't know if we're going to see very any, next to any people in the WWE try to make the transition to the UFC. Yeah, six round cruiserweight match. Just to be clear on six rounds. But uh, I don't I don't see too many people in the UFC trying to get into WWE, but the other way around, yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, WWE trying to get way, into yeah. the UFC. Fuck, mm-hmm. too many acronyms here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But uh. I still think that the UFC is going to get crippled by this lawsuit. I think they're going to get fucked. Yeah, but even if they do, it's not really crippling them anymore. They're fucking worth $40 million because they're merged. They're all under one banner now fucking when it comes to their financials and their financial backing. So that big hit turns into let's just cut some guys, save money for a couple of years, and we'll be back on track. I don't know. Here's a, here's a question. Is, are these guys, in my opinion, I already know the answer. Is, is the UFC fucking up? state of mixed martial arts i mean on a low level basis week in and week out with their decisions with their fight cards and their overall direction or are they doing beneficial things for the sport to helping it grow and get bigger see this is a tough question because i i think it's kind of two-part i think on see there's two ways to look at it right the way the way you're kind of explaining, I I get what you're saying in the way of like, they're messing with, maybe the fighter side, like whether it's fighter relations, <laughs> fighter pay, you know the whole, the, all the shit that's kind of been boiling over with them in in the roster. I'm good for um, that's been boiling over with them in the roster from now, yeah. like these last couple months or years now, but um, in a way. As much as they have fucked up relations with them and the fighters, the thing the UFC's done the best for the sport, though, is to continuously make the sport bigger. And, like, it's just kind of, like, that's just, in a, it's just what it is, and it sucks. I see what you're saying over the years, but I don't think the UFC makes the sport bigger anymore. 
I don't think we get viewership statistics from ESPN Plus because it's a private subscription service. It's not even like, I don't know how that works. Yeah. But I don't think they have to make their stats public for anybody. So we don't know. How many people do you think are tuning in to last week's fucking fight card? Well, that's the thing. That's what are they what getting from viewership? Like, yeah. what's going on here? We used to get those numbers. You Are you telling me a half a million people tuned in to watch that shit? I cry no fucking way. Well, it's like, <laughs> did you see Dana said that the fucking Power Slap video game got 350 million downloads? That's the yes. technically the most ever. Yeah. <laughs> According <laughs> to the Dana White, the, the Power Slap game is the most successful video game of all time. Of all time. Yeah. Period. But that's kind of the same motto they kind of have with the whole ESPN thing. It's like, well... It was Israel Adesanya sold 2 million pay-per-views. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, shit like that, where they're, like, they're kind of... Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. They're full of shit. Dana lies all the time. But look at the product. You t- like, look yeah. at next week's card. Yeah, we're not, It's so shitty. We're not even talking about it this week. Yeah. Like, we're acting like there's not a fight. And there's it's, a... No, it's no fucking diss on the fighters, though. It's no, the... Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green's an okay fight. Yeah. Oh, oh, gee, they're headlining some shit at, what, the Apex? Yeah. I mean, that gives you the answer right there. The UFC is still putting on cards at the Apex at the end of 2023. Only sport now that's currently, like, doing that. Yeah. It's still using their COVID procedures. Mm-hmm. But only just so they save money and can yeah. meet the ESPN quota. And it's not even really COVID procedures. They're just... The but crowd. that's the origin. I mean, that's yeah, what yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, like, yeah. we got the Apex because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And now... It's three years later, and we're still doing the Apex with no crowd. It almost unless feels you're like Mark almost, Zuckerberg. It almost feels like uh, the Apex fights are like watching the Ultimate Fighter, and then the, the pay per views are like, oh, now these guys are growing up. You saw them on the Apex. Right. Now they're in the fucking main event. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's really what these fucking the Apex fights feel like, because when you really watch them, there's like, and it's no, it's no, like I said, okay, it's no knock on the fighters because anybody will take any opportunity given. And I don't blame Grant Dawson or Bobby Green ever being like, do you guys want to be the main event? And be like, what? No, I don't want to be the main event of a card. Like, you know, I get their point of view. But the UFC is also kind of um, using them in a way because it's like, it's like, ah, we kind of need to, we kind of got a little in matchmaking this week. So let's throw one into Apex with some guys who we know are like dogs and they're just going to have a dog fight. And it's going to, it's going to like, build some buzz online, but not a lot of people are going to watch it. Because that's what is most likely going to happen this weekend. Because Bobby Green and Grant Dawson are two, like, they're dogs. They, they get in fights, and they're fucking, they're down to go. And in a five-round fight, it'll be, probably be a great fight. Probably. But the, the fact is that based on how it, the UFC is promoted themselves, not a lot of people are going to watch that. They're now doing this thing where they're almost like an episodic like television show now at this point where it's like, Ooh, these these fight nights are not going to be as as good as they used to be. This, they're going to be the build up and the pay per view every month, so more people buy it or something. But even the pay per views aren't even stacked as like they used to. Mm-mm. Like it's just oversaturation. It is oversaturation, and I don't think their decisions are helping anybody but themselves. I mean, let's let's add the you know we talked about Francis and Ghana earlier. And this ties in directly with the UFC. What about his appearance on Joe Rogan? He sure let a lot of information out, didn't he? Yeah, it was really interesting to hear what he had to say. Um, so let's just kind of go back. We all kind of w- watched the whole saga unfold in front of us, but there was all these weird clauses that people kept talking about in the media, or like 
uh, that they, Francis's contract. Yeah, about Francis' contract, and he actually shed a lot of light on that. So one thing I didn't know is, and I, I'd imagine a lot of people don't know either. Uh, when you fight in the UFC, like yeah, your contract has a sun, uh, like a sunset date. Uh, but also, if you, it doesn't matter how many fights you have, if you ever turn down a fight, whether you're healthy or injured, you get six months added onto your contract every single time. Think so, about that. So, like, for these guys who are trying to fight their deals out, they have to fight because if they don't take them, their just contract gets extended, gets extended, gets extended. And for people that don't know, that well, why would that be a big deal? You know, they they get a longer contract. No, the <laughs> UFC really only does that so they have the <laughs> negotiation period when you lose when you you know actually end up fighting out your contract. They want that six months, so they'll add another six months onto your contract just because that'll be a negotiating period, even if you fight your contract out. So like this whole idea that you can just fight your contract out and then you're a free man go fight in Bellator one or wherever else is not. Like, it's not, like, what people on the outside really think it is. And I thought Francis took so much, like, unnecessary, even for myself at times, some unnecessarily, like, hate and, you know, like, just people saying fucked up shit online. Like, yo, he's ducking John Jones and blah, blah, all this. But when it comes down to it, like, these contracts that that he, he and a lot of these, you know, big fighters are in are so, like, locked in, like, where you're an asset of the UFC and there's really no other option mm-hmm. that he was villainized because he was trying to break through it. You know what I mean? Because not only do you get those six those six month add-ons, but then if you're the champion, you get a whole year added on too. So, Jeez. yeah. It's crazy. I mean, these contracts were bad enough that a federal judge has okayed a class action certification against the UFC and during that, he reviewed all of their contracts and issued statements outright saying that they were atrocious, yeah. terrible, horrible. And, like, this is the judge that's about to hear their fucking case. Like, it doesn't look good for them as far as the contracts go. And it doesn't matter how big the company is. Yeah. When a judge makes rulings on like that and does injunctions, they will have to change their contracts yeah. to whatever the judges say, mm-hmm. um, which could really change the sport significantly because... I don't know. I thought Francis was very. I thought he did a very good job of explaining his position and the contracts uh, in ways that we can all understand. And it bums me out that that particular shit doesn't seem to be getting a big play on yeah. the MMA websites. Mm-mm. Like, like MMA fighting, for instance, still wants to tell us what Matt Brown said about Sean Strickland's title defense or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or what Matt Brown said about this or that because they have a podcast on their channel with Matt Brown on it. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell us other things that happened on JRE, but for some reason I'm not seeing this Francis and Ghana contract situation make a lot of news mm-hmm. when he got a lot of hate on these websites. Well, They sure covered it when Daniel Cormier said he was making a mistake or when O'Malley said it was stupid and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, and then also uh, something that... Um, I thought was kind of peculiar was like Joe really didn't have much to say back. He just kind of was more giving him the floor to kind of explain his thing and not really having any kind of pushback. Like he would just kind of more ask a question and let Francis, you know, give like a long winded answer and then he would just move on and then just move on. So like even then, like, you know, like I'm not saying Joe is like 
you know, trying to do anything weird because he wouldn't do that because he's, he's pretty good at being unbiased as like an interviewer, but also like that's also the company he works for, you know what I mean? And when a lot of these like contract negotiations uh-huh. and stuff go out, he's usually plays like the neutral, the neutral ground, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, I mean, he still works for the UFC and he's personal friends yeah. with the now CEO. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to just be like, oh, you're right, fuck the UFC. Mm-hmm. But he also did talk about how, like, the deal he signed was fucking, like, historic. Because it, it is. And he also did go a lot into, man, a lot into that whole saga of, like, those dinners he went into Dana White and Hunter Campbell and all the negotiations and what he actually wanted in his deal versus what they were putting out in the media. Um and a lot of it made a lot of sense, but you know what it really seemed to me was the old, like overall kind of theme was I think Francis was wanted a contract like he had this era's pay with the like 2000 to 2011 era's rules. <laughs> like like you know the Fertitas. I mean? Yeah, like he wanted the Fertitas rules with the WME pay. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, I don't think that's that, that that's that crazy because he was talking about that right um, before they did the crypto.com deal. He got a $1 million offer to uh, get sponsored by a crypto wallet. Yes. And that's one thing that, uh, that w- was part of why he was having a hard time negotiating with the UFC because he told Leonard Campbell basically, he's like, dude, I'm not missing out on a, on a, on a million dollars because you guys and then uh like yeah, told, you guys got a deal that I get nothing from. Yeah. So that was also another like big spat between them as well. I don't think any reasonable person, unless you just suck on the UFC's nutsack, can justify any of their behavior in this. There's no reason to tie fighters up in these massive contracts that isn't self serving. Yeah. There's no reason not to offer Nganu a bunch of money to fight John Jones to give him a one, two or three fight deal. Because if he succeeds and you succeed and everything is a success, you should be able to make another deal after that. Well, that's what he said. Also, I mean, for fuck's sake, he said that he was gonna that he was ready to sign a ten million dollar deal for three fights. It was gonna be, but this is what he told them. This is what stopped them from doing it. He said, "I want no additions, so no sunset clause, no six months, no negotiating period. I want ten million dollars, three fights." John Jones, John Jones rematch, Stipe, and then we'll renegotiate. And they, they wouldn't do it. How is any of that unreasonable? Yeah. I'm just saying. Boxing is now doing that type of shit. These motherfuckers bid per mm-hmm. fight. Bunch of fucking promoters get yeah, together. If people listening don't really understand the really simplified term. Bunch of people get together and have like almost an auction yeah. where they're bidding to who gets the fucking purse. And then yeah. the fighters and everybody's like, okay, cool, that's the purse. Yep. They agree on the split, the whole fucking thing, and then they go out. And if it's a bigger fight with bigger stars, the numbers go up. Yep. If one promoter really wants it, they're going to offer fucking even more. Yeah. And sometimes, even after that, it falls apart and it goes back to a bid. And prior to the bids, they have a negotiating period. Mm-hmm. And if they can't fucking both sides agree, then that's what happens. And the market basically sets the price on that. Yeah. There's, and, and guess what? It works fairly decently. There's mm-hmm. no reason for the UFC to do any of this shit. And I'm tired of going on MMA websites and you go down in the comment section. Everybody just fucking sucks their dick. Yeah. And you go on Twitter and everybody's like, oh, Francis is retarded. Fuck him. Oh, he can't be true. All this shit when that's not what the conversation should be. Yeah. There's no justifying 
any of these guys signing eight-fight deals, all this fucking bullshit. They give the rights away to video games, all this shit in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's, it's absurd. I'm tired of it. I think if it's not clear by now, I think, in my opinion, the UFC is just fucking up the sport of MMA at this point. Not to the point where they're, like, killing it. Yeah. But I don't think they're doing anybody any favors There's anywhere. There's no justice at all, yeah. E- even their biggest stars, like Connor. Connor is held back and doesn't get more money. Connor should be taking fights in bare knuckle right now. Yeah. Connor should go fight fucking Mike Perry in bare knuckle. <laughs> if he wasn't tied up in some bullshit contract, he'd be able to do that. Or if the UFC had any type of fucking leeway, they'd do a co-promotion with the BKFC. Well, that's I'm just saying Francis as an example. Too. You know what I mean? He'll, uh, he'll still fight John. He'll co-promote it with the fucking PFL and <laughs> UFC. Yeah, and then Joe that. Rogan told him flat out, he's like, they'd never do that. Hmm. And he was like, why do you think that? And he basically, what we've said in the past is like, because if you, Francis Ngannou, came in, knocked John Jones out, held the UFC championship over your head, and then scheduled a PFL fight the next day, they would never, never let that happen. It's, and because... They're more not worried about the sport of MMA. Yeah. They're more worried, worried about, about the, the asset UFC. of the UFC. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the money making asset. So fuck them. I'll still watch. I, <laughs> I haven't bought a pay per view. Fuck grip. it. I'll still watch. I don't even have a. Uh, a fucking, I'll tell you uh, what though. They have announced some bangers that in the year. These last couple of cards are going to be. Yeah, good. let's go out with announcing the cards and what we think, and then that'll be the end of the show. Um. So well, this one we'll probably talk about in a couple of weeks, but this October card is going to be real good. You got, you know, Islam and Oliver two. Um, Islam versus Oliveira too. You're talking about the Abu Dhabi card. Yeah. What's the co-main on that shit? Because I don't know about that fight, man. I don't know if we're going to see much of a difference that we've already seen uh, in that Islam-Oliveira fight. I don't know. I I thought a different Oliveira than we normally see showed up that night. And I don't know. I hate to be like the, you know, had an off night guy. But, you know, that's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like. The fact that he's back here and has a chance to do it again is, I think, what he's got to focus on the most, you know, like, whether he wins or loses. Oh, yeah, that's where uh, Kamzat and Costa are fighting, too, which is, that's a fucking banger. Yeah, I'm more interested in that fight than I am the Oliveira. I, love, I mean, I'm rooting for Oliveira. I yeah. like that kid. I like him to win. But uh, Chimeha versus Costa will tell us a lot about Kamzat Chimeha. Yeah, we'll really be able to see what he looks like in middleweight also. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, you also got Magomed Arkelaya versus uh, Johnny Walker on that one, too. That's a pretty good fight That's for pretty that heavyweight. Lit. I don't really care about that. Of course, we got John Jones versus Stipe. Happening John Jones, Stipe. At MSG. That's a banger. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, yeah, fucking, they announced Yuri Prohachka and fucking Alex Perea for the vacant 205 title, which is fucking a banger of all bangers that's gonna be that i'm surprised they stacked those two those two fights on there that's gonna be a fucking great fight yeah that fight's got me pretty excited there i like him coming right back Mm -hmm. uh not dealing with any of these interim belt holders that we had for a moment and just can fuck it right into Perea. yeah i like it even better then jessica andrade mckenzie dern's on there that's a fucking pretty good fight as well i think andrade will really test mckenzie Mm mm-hmm um, then going in to and we had is. Edwards versus Covington finally signed. I, what took so long here? I mean, was Edwards really that against fighting Covington? And I don't believe his media shtick. Oh, I don't like him. I mean, was he that concerned? 
yeah, losing know. the title here? I don't know. I'm not trying to say he's a pussy or anything. I'm just saying there's when you know you can. But here's the you know, interesting he was talking thing. talking about fucking Masvidal, bro. Yeah, but here's here's the interesting thing is the two performances in which Leon put on against Kamara Usman was like I don't I don't know if Colby can beat Leon to be honest. Like yeah, Colby puts a pretty good pace and stuff on, but Leon neutralized everything that Kamara was good at. And I feel like Kamaru and Colby are very similar in, like, styles. I think, obviously, you know, there's a little bit more dexterity and stuff like that when you're talking about Colby coming. He does throws, like, a little bit, like, better kicks and stuff like that. But I don't know. It seems like Leon has mastered how to fight that style of fighter is what I'm saying. See, I see it a little bit differently. I think that when Colby and Kamaru fought, they looked similar. Yeah. And I think that Usman just ever so slightly had his number. And I think that those two fights were almost the the pinnacle of Usman's career in a way. Yeah. And I think that after a certain time, I mean, he's 35 going on 36. I I just feel that Edwards has his number kind of in the way that he managed to have Covington's number, but I don't think that MMA math adds up to Usman beating Covington. In fact, I think that Covington has advantages over, I mean, uh, Edwards. Edwards over Edwards that... Usman didn't have, and I think he gets the victory here pretty, pretty handily in the decision. Yeah, like I, I think he's going to put it yeah. on him. I would be shocked. I'll, g- I'll give Edwards mad respect if I'm wrong, and I don't think he sucks or anything. Yeah, I just think he came in against Usman at the right time when Usman had already peaked, was on the decline, and then he hit the, that decline when yeah. it hits. He got well, knocked out, and then he came back, and he was not the fucking same. I just don't think that's the same Usman like we saw against Colby Covington that we saw in the second Edwards fight. Mm-hmm. I could I could somewhat see that, but my only thing is I think also um, Leon does carry a pretty solid amount of power that I, Colby I don't know if he can handle it. And Colby hasn't had the wear and tear that Usman was going either. Usman put in a lot more fights I do believe here in the in the last few years than Covington has. Yeah. Covington hasn't fought since then. For he hasn't sake. fought in a, in a grip. Yeah. So I'm interested. We'll see what else is on that card. Uh, and then you got uh, Pantoja having his first title defense against Brandon Royval. That's a big fight. That's a big fight, sir. Um, and then you got Shavkat versus Stephen Thompson. Which Stephen Thompson wasn't going to take that fight, you know. Yeah. But then you see how the UFC fucking bullied him into taking that? That's my take on this. Yeah, I didn't really see the, the end part of it. Yeah, maybe bullied is the wrong word. Fucked him over into taking it. Because, like, what happened was his last fight was canceled because old boy didn't make weight, right? Yeah. And Stephen Thompson says, no, despite showing up on the scale and making weight, Stephen Thompson doesn't get paid. Okay, he gets no fucking money for that fight and for that fight camp. Really? And then the UFC says, fight Shavkat. And he's like, no, I don't want to fight this dude. He's not, you know, he's like, I'm not down with that for yeah. whatever reason. And then according to basically what Stephen Thompson said, the UFC came back and said, we'll double your pay to fight him. But what they're not really, they're not really doubling his pay. They're giving him his back, pay. his back pay for the, for the show money that he already earned. Just saying, okay, we'll go ahead and give you what we already owe you tack it onto this one if you fight him. And apparently he agreed to that. And then he came out and kind of spun it that he's getting paid double. And then in the interview, he kind of was actually like, well, they, give, they said they'll give me my back pay. Well, yeah, so that's, that's my take on it is the UFC's. That's interesting that you say that because that's something Francis talked about during his interview too. Really? He said that one thing that Hunter Campbell offered him if he'd signed the deal is to back pay him for all his fights that were main events in the UFC at that uh, at that like 
price over what he was already paid. Mm-hmm. So like they would pay him like six million, seven million dollars, something like that, uh, in back pay if he signed the contract. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then, man, there's a lot of good fights on this fucking card, dude. Then you got Tony Ferguson, Patty Pimlet, which I fucking as as bad of a fight. I think Tony, like, I don't think Tony should be fighting the UFC anymore. But I'll give it to him. This is a pretty good fight. Dude, Patty Pimblett hasn't looked as good as the hype surrounding him has. Let's be honest. I like him. I'm kind of rooting for him. But Jared Gordon really put it on him. Yeah. But that's the thing. I think they also saw Tony Ferguson get it put on him by Bobby Green a couple months back. Yeah. I didn't Ferguson's really like that either. Ferguson is the right name for Pimblett yeah. to get a victory over and still get some little bit of shine while Ferguson's going out the door. Yeah, not much shine, that's but a little very bit. Strange, dude. especially with the general MMA like community outside of the hardcores, the people that just they might have heard the name Tony Ferguson, mm-hmm. but they might not realize he's on a seven whatever fight losing streak. Yeah, they'll just be like, "Oh, that's dude, like beat Tony. damn, Patty beat Tony Ferguson." Right. Us <laughs> hardcore fans are like, "Yeah, of course he did, dude. Yeah. He got sacrificed." Um, but I'm still gonna watch it. I mean, yeah, well. and then I think this could be the the fight of the night. Uh, Vicente Luque versus Ian Machado Gary. Yeah, that was just announced here recently, too. That's, yeah. that's the fight right there. That is the fight. That's a great for test sure. for Gary. Yeah. I mean, he's sure. looked nothing but good. Mm-hmm. He's come out and done the right stuff. That's a test there. Vicente Luque put it on him. He fucking beat the fuck out of Neil Magny his last mm-hmm. fight. He's a dog. So, yeah. I'm, I'm very curious to see how that fight goes. Because Vicente Luque doesn't have a boring fight in the UFC. The UFC was putting on, this is like the old cards the UFC used to put on where they were just stacked top to bottom and the UFC used to brag about that. Oh, and this is the one we were talking about that they were going to put Connor on. Oh, yeah, they're not adding, (laughs) that's what I mean. You can see right there listening to that, everybody, they're not putting Connor McGregor into that mix. Yeah, no. Nope. Unless, like, unless they're closing their doors fucking January 1st. Right, if it's a fire sale, (laughs) yeah. Come on. Oh, there's no way. Connor will headline a card of complete, absolute dog shit contender series guys locked into 12-12 contracts. Yep. They get absolutely no lick of any type of pay-per-view and whatsoever. One, I, I guarantee yeah. it. And maybe they put, like, an Ian Gary fighting somebody who's, like, you know, maybe in the top 10, and they're there, and they're like, yeah. look, you got Ian Gary and Connor. One, maybe two prospects they're trying to get a little Connor yeah. shine on, and that's it. Maybe we yeah. should else, bro. Yeah. Guarantee it. And they'll find a way to raise the price by five bucks mm-hmm. for the Connor fight. They did that last time. So I also kind of think this we can kind of <laughs> close the show on this one. Yeah. But um, one thing I would do want to talk about, we've kind of talked about it a bit before, not really on the show, but it seems like from what everyone is saying, that Bellator is going to close their doors sometime soon. And there was some talk of a merger with the PFL that fell out and – but they have events scheduled coming all the way up. So, like, how do you, like, feel like this is going to go down? I think from what I've been able to deduce just based on online information that I've looked into, I believe that Bellator is definitely for sale. Yeah. But I don't believe that they're anywhere close to shutting their doors because there's a difference. You can be for sale mm-hmm. if someone comes along at the right, right price yeah. and still put on events and do your shit than just shutting your doors and then what? Yeah. Like, well... Because they could put on, if they were really in that dire of straits, shutting the doors is ridiculous because you can still sell off your fighters. You can put on events 
at lower and lower costs until you're just milking it till there's nothing left. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of just shutting the doors and then like what? Yeah. Paying off these guys, letting mm-hmm. them all go, sacrificing the little bit of money you got coming in. Well, yeah, what we talked about before on the show is how they were going to sell their roster to PFL. And supposedly that Yeah, this good. merger that PFL was interested in possibly buying them and merging the two, which I thought could have been interesting. Yeah. Now, let's be honest. Some of this reporting is coming from a fairly small podcaster. Yeah. Who might have an inside track. That doesn't mean shit that he's small. But, I mean, he's bigger than, than this show, I think. Maybe. I've seen a lot of but people talk about it also. I know they are for sale. I've seen that listed on other, other shit. I don't know about this this thing. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I actually heard Joe Rogan talk about how Bellator is going to fall, like, is about to fall out. He was talking about it on uh, his fight companion that they did for the last UFC pay-per-view, the one that was in, uh, the one when Strickland beat Adesanya. Because he did a fight companion, him and Eddie Bravo were talking, or not, I don't think it was Eddie Bravo, whoever was on the fight companion at that time, he said they uh, that they were about to... It was the redacted out. one. What's up? Brendan Schaub. Oh, is it? Yeah, he was on there. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know, it could be, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't I wish think... them to go under, but I don't know, they just scheduled number 301, you think they shut the doors at 300? I, I don't know, yeah. dude, who knows? That is interesting. Um, also, what really sucks is for all these all these fighters. Like, if they don't end up selling off their roster, like, although they get that that like free agency rub, there's also like guys who are prospects and maybe aren't really on the UFC's radar, PFL's radar, or one's radar, or whoever. That They're not going to go to the UFC. Just... The UFC is no longer interested in signing good fighters. They're interested in churning motherfuckers out of the or anybody who's in series. Like, who have we seen go to Bellator and come back to the UFC? Nobody. Michael Nobody. Chandler is one of the only Bellator fighters I can think of. And they were so reluctant to sign Michael Chandler. For yeah, years. they waited a long time. They waited until he was 36 years old. They waited until Michael Chandler was 36 to sign him. Like, what are we talking about? Like, they don't, they don't, like, and that's, that's what sucks. Because you know what? There is some great guys on the Bellator roster that I think could really fuck with the UFC's, like, structure of some of their weight class and rankings. Like, you're telling me that um, AJ McKee wouldn't come up to mm-hmm. 145 in the UFC. What about the Nurmagomedov? Yeah, Nurmagomedov's little brother. Yeah, yeah. fucking. Uh, even Ryan Bader. Like, you throw Ryan Bader in the mix, at either light heavy, light heavyweight right now with Ryan Bader, and it would be. Like, he's still he's still making he's still got the heavyweight title over there, doesn't he? Yeah, Nemkov has the light heavyweight. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, I don't want to see him fold. I, who? And I think if again circling back to our conversation earlier, if the UFC was doing good for the sport and expanding the sport of MMA in general, then other companies should thrive. Like Bellator should be doing okay. Yeah, they shouldn't be. But also, I think if... They put on better events than the UFC a lot of the times. They're Apex. UFC, compare a Bellator show to an Apex show. You know what, though? If I was the UFC, I would think about buying their fucking roster. In the middle of this antitrust lawsuit, though? Yeah, but you got to think also... Think about what we were just talking about. The oversaturation and the the dwindling, like, level of competition in the UFC... If you bring people in who already are established, like fighters, like, 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 like Leon Edwards' course. brother yeah. who fought a couple weekends ago against, yeah. or even Johnny Elbin, the champion at fucking middleweight. You're telling me right now Elbin's he wouldn't good. come in and have a fucking a good fight against someone like a Strickland or Adesanya? Like, yeah, he would. He has a good chance of beating both of them. 
Like, uh, there's just so many guys that they would inherit that would, like, here's the thing. You don't have to bring in everybody. You know what I mean? If you inherit the roster, it doesn't mean you technically, you could release people just like mm-hmm. you release people on your normal roster. You know what I mean? And uh, so if you don't want the UFC dropouts that you maybe have weird relations with, release them out into the fucking, then they can go to PFL or one. But I think a lot of, it would be a really good idea for the UFC to maybe think about purchasing their roster. Well, based on the way that Dana White tells lies and the way that his attitude tends to be when he says shit like, who the fuck would want to buy Bellator, probably means the UFC is about to close the deal on buying Bellator. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or, dude, Aaron Pico and fucking the UFC would, that'd be interesting, man. Fucking... No, I like the I like the roster. Yeah. I mean, MVP is in a bit of a contract situation right now, but he's included somewhere on there most likely. I heard he's about to sign with the UFC. That'd be interesting. Because he's free of his contract from Bellator. Yeah, he is. But, you know, that doesn't mean he might not resign. But yeah, that's we'll true. See. We'll see. Anyways, we'll see what happens, man. Hopefully yep. we get some news soon. I wish them continued success. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Me too. Good show. Yep. Thanks well, for listening, that everybody. wraps it up for today. Be sure to check out uh, our website for Binoid and for uh, discounts at the UFC store as well. Where is it at? Uh, you can find everything at swatme.com where you can head over there, click the gear button, buy a t-shirt, support the podcast, then head over 